When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Oh, it's the end of August, the first day of September. Summer is almost over. Not quite. Not quite. The the mark of the end of the summer for anybody that lives in Minnesota is the end of the Minnesota State Fair. Do I sound a little worn down and like my... I might be running out of steam. That's what happens. I love the fair. We broadcast live from the fair every weekday, Marjorie. We do eight shows. And as you and I were preparing um, for this podcast, I was telling you that last night our um, we have a one of Jay's really good friends and his wife came and met us at the fair came and met me after the show. And then we stayed and walked around. It was a very like normal consumption thing. Like Jay and I shared a gizmo, which is the best. I had a couple bites of a hummus bowl. I had two ciders, which I right. don't think is unreasonable. Like no, all of this is like fair. normal, totally fine. Then we brought cookies home for the kids. So we had to eat some of those on the way out so that we could put um, the top on the bucket. Yes. You know, that's for what those, you have to do. For those of you that don't know the Minnesota State Fair and the chocolate chip cookies, you buy a bucket of chocolate chip cookies and they are masterful. It is a geometric problem of how they are able to tower the cookies without them falling. So you really get like a almost two buckets worth of cookies in one bucket in the way that they tower the cookies. It's fun to watch. But you're right. The, the justification is you always have to eat down the tower so that you can put a lid on it. Always. <laughs> that is just what you do. That's what you do with Sweet Martha's cookies. So I did that and then I got home and now today I am so tired and we've got a show today because as we're <sighs> recording this, you guys, it's Friday, the Friday before Labor Day. And then we have one more show on Labor Day. And I'm so, and I was like, I'm, and Marjorie goes, well, how long were you there? I said, well, I took the one o'clock shuttle out, did the show. And she's like, well, you were there for seven hours. And, you know, fair time is an hour at the fair actually feels like three hours of time. So you're right. I essentially was like 21 hours at At the the fair, fair. which explains why I'm so tired. I just I've got to get more coffee today. This is like that final push. And it's so much fun because you run into everyone. Like my sister-in-law texted me today. She's coming. Jay's aunt and uncle were there yesterday. Like I'm constantly seeing friends and people I haven't seen. It truly is the great Minnesota get together, but it's also when you do a television show, 
it's already a big energy suck. It's just, it is yeah. what it is. That's, yeah. that's what it is. And that's part of the joy of it. I mean, it's so fun. You're so in the moment and you're doing the show, but at the fair, it's even more because there's so many people, there's so much noise, even down to when I'm in the studio, I can't hear the commercials in my earpiece because they right. don't pipe them in. Like right. I don't need to hear the commercials when I'm in, when I'm in the studio, when I'm out there, I hear the commercials. And so it's like, just constant barrage of all of this activity. I mean, everyone knows it's like sensory overload, even if you're just going for if the you're day just going to there, have but, fun. But to work the fair, I mean, I feel so much gratitude that in my life I had that experience. So you and I worked the fair together when we did the midday show. And then my husband and I would do the morning show from the fair. So we would get there before the fair opened which is also kind of a magical experience that you're there, you're walking through, you're seeing everybody set up for the fair. And it's really fun, but it's hard to explain to anybody two weeks of the fair and live broadcasting. And we're not complaining. It's just a level of fatigue. <laughs> and for me, I'm not super social most of the time. And so it's just this like person overload. But who could complain because people are just coming up to you and saying the nicest things. So it's like, there's no complaining about the fair, but it's just, it's just a thing. I have to say though, and I've just thought of this in this moment because my son didn't believe me when I was telling him this story, Elizabeth, we have a unique claim of something we originated at the fair. Yes. Which has now gone around the world. People do this around the world. And they just did it at a big event that I was at two weekends ago. And nobody, my my children do not believe that you and I, and I actually think it was your idea, but that you and I did this first we did. at the Minnesota State Fair, which was we would ask people to bring their children to us at the booth. Their new babies, because we loved babies. Bring your babies to us. And then we would hold them up and play the famous song from The Lion King. That's what we would do. And we would do this. It was the Simba presentation yes. of your baby. And so it got to be such a thing. And we would do, we would have tons of babies. And it helped that it My Talk 1071 has the lactation station, station right next to the booth. So we had yeah. like, we had unlimited content because we just had yes. mamas going in to feed their babies and change right. their babies nonstop, which was so great. But I'm not kidding, Marjorie. It's so funny that you bring that up because I just thought of that again because I was at a twins game two yep. weekends ago. Um, with my husband and another couple and they do it at every twins yes. game and they have the camera and I have, had never seen anyone do that. Like it was our original idea. See, here's my theory. Cause I think if you go back, I think at some point I found an article that was crediting the twins with being the first to do it. And I actually think what happened is somebody from the twins saw us doing it. And I welcome anybody from the twins organization <laughs> To, to debate this out with us because we can go back and we can pull tape, hopefully. Hopefully. But hopefully. I'm just saying like we can. But I just think it's so cool because I it was so much fun and it was such a great idea. But I think the twins were getting credit for doing it first at a baseball game. And doesn't it make perfect sense that somebody from the twins would have seen us doing it at the Minnesota State Fair? A hundred percent. Or there's there's somebody from the twins 
like some guy in marketing at the twins and his wife yep. would listen to our radio show and would, and said something yep. and they were like, yep. this is a great idea. Um, and then we didn't get credit and it's total crap. This is like, um, my friend, Kevin Taggart from college, who believes that he's the first person who invented putting ranch dressing on pizza. And he does not believe that he gets credit for this. <laughs> And he is convinced that he was the first person to ever do this food combination. And, you know, I, so I just give him credit on occasion. Nothing to like, just like to, I don't think there, there's an equivalency there. I think ours is much more important. Okay. Ours has gone around the world. And I just, I feel like we just have to keep staking our claim on that or the story's not going to be told properly. No, it's not. And and to all of the women that used to come by the Minnesota State Fair, it'd be so much fun because they would come up and we would break whatever we were doing. Mm -hmm. We would stop that topic and we would break for that baby. And I just, (laughs) I, it's one of my favorite memories at the Minnesota State Fair. But that's not what we're talking about today. No, it was wild. Before we move on to what we're talking about today, though, let me just tell you once again, I am getting all of the nesters who are popping over to visit me at the KSTP building at the fair. And they come over to take a picture and then they grab my arm and then they lean in close and they're like, I'm a nester. I'm a nester. And they kind of whisper it. And then they know (laughs) that I know. And then I know that they know. And it's just a whole thing. So um, to all of you who have done that at the fair, you make my day. And and the requests are out there again, Marjorie, for you to come back to the fair and us to record a, a podcast out at the fair. So I'm hoping maybe next year we can make that happen. I know the folks at Hubbard Broadcasting are 100% behind it. We just have to make it happen logistically. I love that. And I I, I think I will commit right now to I will be <gasps> at the fair next year. I will do that because I miss it. Ian really wanted to come this year. Yeah. But our, our schedules were just crazy. So we were in Chicago last weekend because my son's girlfriend did the Chicago triathlon. So we were up there to see her and then just the quick turnaround. We're both back in school. So the quick turnaround, but I think we can mark it off our calendars and make it up there next year because it is, it is one of my favorite, favorite things that I had the opportunity to do is just to go to that fair. Cause it's special. It really it is totally special. is. I've been getting so many DMS and text messages from friends who know nothing of the Minnesota state fair. I mean, these are like college friends or post-college friends. And right. for some reason this year, I'm getting a lot of messages from them who are like, I need to go to this. Like, I need to see this. Do you know why? Why? Instagram. Yeah, probably. People are Instagramming it. So much. I guess it just increases every year. Yeah, they're Instagramming it out in those little Instagram bursts of like, and then everybody sort of has that fear of missing out. Like, oh, there's something amazing going on that I haven't known about. And there (laughs) is. But it, I, I really believe, I mean, I have no data to prove that, but I mean, I really do believe because I see it all the time. And, and I think that's what's raising the awareness because just think about that. That's going out around the world. Well, I know. And I think you're right. And I think what the, what the shift is, is that Instagram forced us all to do reels, you know, because mm-hmm. they wanted Instagram to be a video platform and not just right. a photo platform. And I do think there's something about like, when you see a photo, and I resisted this because I think reels are there. I have a love hate with them. Like I like yes. them, but I also think they're annoying. And so it's a whole thing. You know, I know I'm not alone in that. When you put together a reel and you're showing people the videos and like it's set to music and whatever, it yep. really makes you feel yep. like you want to experience it more. I right. mean, that's the power 
That's the power of video over the power of photographs, even though photographs are so amazing, but video is just so much more interactive. Like you feel like you're there, you're experiencing it with more of your senses. And so there's something I think about it that's making people go, oh, I want, I want to check this out. And the food stuff is just legendary. I mean, there's just, it's, there's so much good stuff. It's so fun. (laughs) Who knows what's going on on TikTok? I yeah, have no but idea then at the same time, I don't, I have to go back today and I don't even know. Monday, it's going to be a hundred degrees. There's so many mixed oh. emotions. It's a real roller coaster with the fair. Oh, you know, for the longest degrees. time, when we did the morning show out there for the longest time, we did the Monday show as well. And then I don't remember what happened. Something happened that they started giving the air talent Monday off and we did replays on Monday or something. They did something else on Monday and just cutting that Monday off was such a relief because you could sort of recover, but it is, it is special. It is big. It is exhausting. It is for people who have to work it. I wish everybody that worked in the booths at the Minnesota State Fair got the kind of reinforcement and sweetness that the media personalities get. Like I always think about all of the people who are like cooking the French fries and cooking. Oh, they, it's so they are hoofing it. So I know when you're out at the Minnesota State Fair or any state fair, say nice things to them. You know, the media personalities, they don't really need it. It's nice to hear. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they don't really need it. I'm not standing over hot oil, you guys. Oil. I mean, I'm, just, I am doing okay. Just be kind to the people that are working the fair because it is grueling. And a lot of times it's younger kids. For a lot of kids in Minnesota, it was their first job. So just be really nice to the people that are working out at the fair. They are they are there 15, 16 hours. I'm maybe making that up, but I think it's true. No, it's true. I mean, they're really there. The people who run these booths are there nonstop. Yeah. And the week before, it's crazy. Um, but let's talk about what's happening in our homes because that's what we do here on Best to the Nest. And I love this. I love anytime we get to talk about little annoying things. <laughs> so this is in the Daily Show column from the New Yorker. And I just thought it was particularly funny. And the headline was, Your Personality Explained by Your Annoying Household Habits. The writer is Nicole Rose Whitaker. I always like to give credit to the writer. So I'm just going to read the topics and then we're going to respond as they pertain to us. But these are little annoying household habits and what they say about you. The first one is soaking dishes in the sink. And Nicole writes, Your ability to make life more difficult is unmatchable. If an easy solution is available, and I mean a mind-numbingly obvious one, you decide that maybe the fix can't be so simple and you'd better let things marinate for a few days. Okay, do you have a dish soaker in your house? Well, we don't have a dish soaker. We have a very different perspective on doing dishes, and we argue (laughs) about it all the time. Jay does not believe in using the dishwasher. And I was like, you don't believe in using the dishwasher because you don't do any of the children's dishes. You literally, you're like, it's so much easier to just do, do it and just wash it. First of all, I want to tell everyone, and we just had Danny CO on Twin Cities Live recently, and he's like an eco expert. He has a show and a magazine and he's a, right. a joy. I love him. And he broke down the numbers for us that running a dishwasher is significantly better for the environment because of the water usage than actually washing your dishes. And if Jay were to wash every single dish that the children use, he would understand that it is not an efficient way to do it, but he doesn't do that. I put them in the dishwasher. We have a lot of dishes problems. Like it's very, at some point, 
I think I would like to live in a duplex with Jay and then I would live on one side and he would live on the other. And we would have a couple of doors that go through and then like he could host me for dinner a few nights a week. And then I would host him for dinner and we would have like one room that we'd have coffee in. Am I, am I off base here? I feel like this sounds wonderful. Elizabeth, I had a little taste of that because I I had a townhouse in Tempe and Ian was living here or I was in Minnesota when he was in Phoenix. And the joy of that was I was flying to wherever he was every weekend and he would always make sure wherever he was, the apartment was clean. He would have a date ready to go. There was, I mean, I missed him terribly. I missed the easy day to day of life, but I would have to say there were these little things that you sort of fall in love with your husband all over again. Yeah. Because you're each taking care of your own stuff. That's you're totally right. You're each taking care of your own stuff. Yes. And then when the other person comes, you make an effort to take care of them because, you know, my parents did that. They did a long distance marriage for six years. This was when I was out of college and my sisters were in college. So it was like, it wasn't impacting the parenting situation, but my mom would talk about like how she would go to St. Louis to see my dad and she would just bring a backpack because she kept things there. Yep. That's what I did. And then my dad would have like her favorite yogurts would be stocked. Like the things that he, like he would always make sure that he went to the store and got fresh cream for her coffee because that's what, or for her tea. Cause that's what she loves. And then right. he would have researched a new pizza place that he wanted to take her to. And it was like that dating, which I think was so probably lovely in terms of the timing. And I know for you and Ian too, it was similar in terms of your child raising years. They were all, they were out of college and in college. Yeah. And so it was like, you, you got this sort of fresh start at a time when you'd been done, you know, doing all like the heavy lifting labor of raising children, like the physical labor of it. Yeah. There is something to that. I think, and I'll make this generalization that it's much harder on men to be separated for sure that situation that it is for the women. So freaking lootly. <laughs> Jeez. Yes. Say it. Right. I mean, so. yeah, that's fine. And maybe in a hundred years, it'll be different when we're more evolved, but absolutely yeah. like yeah. 100%. When I list in my head, with a slight bit of resentment, all of the things that I do compared to what Jay does. I mean, there's no question, yeah. absolutely no, no comparison. And if you're married to someone, then it's different. I Hallelujah. Praise God. Good for you. That's right. not my life. I do think, I do think, well, I don't know. Cause I only have my boys to judge that generationally this might be changing. In it's going to change the, every generation. It in has terms to. of the mental load and what they take on and how they like I look at my son and his girlfriend and how they talk about who's doing what it's really encouraging I mean it's really it's really great it's really great but I will say in my house my one big complaint most of the time I'm loading and unloading the dishes that's fine whatever my only pet peeve is the cast we cook on cast iron yeah you can't soak that you can't soak it I know why do you need to treat it with respect I cook on carbon steel and soaking is not an option. And you also must take a little bit of coconut oil and massage your pan. Treat it with respect. No kidding. So that it loves you back. Um, There's someone in the house that's it. not treating it with respect and it's not Shit. me. No. So we'll just move on from there. But that's... Okay, more annoyances. I love these. Okay. <laughs> Letting unopened mail pile up. So this, I do is this. In, this is in the New Yorker. Nicole mm-hmm. writes, 
typically, so we're talking about annoying habits and how what they reflect about you. So letting unopened mail pile up. Typically, you are one of those people who doesn't check voice messages because they make you anxious. <laughs> Elizabeth's raising her hand. You have an extreme <laughs> fear of the unknown and are marginally equipped to navigate adult life. 100%. I totally agree with you. And here's the problem in the Reimers household. In the Reimers household, both Jay and I are exactly the oh, same with no. this. We let mail, we have a basket in our front hall and it piles up until you cannot put the mail in it anymore. And then we have to manage it and we have to go through and basically recycle everything because they just like give me stuff to recycle. I despise voicemail so much at work. I said on my voicemail, hey, you've reached Elizabeth Reese from Twin Cities Live. The best way to reach me is email ereese at ksdp.com. Do not leave me a voicemail. <laughs> this is what I say because I don't check it. I probably have 150 unlistened to voicemails at work right well, now. You'll love this, Elizabeth. When I worked at my talk, one oh seven one. I know I had, a. I didn't really even know I had a phone number there. <laughs> I never, I worked there for 12 years. I never checked the voicemail. I know in 12 years. See, Same. and that's the point of it is look at that. And I'm here and everything's fine. So don't check your voicemail if you don't want to, it'll all be fine. I hate voicemail. voicemail. I, I hate, hate it too. Unopened mail. I, I'm the only one that deals with all the bills and everything. So Everything goes in a basket and I have to deal with it. I deal with it once a month. Mm -hmm. You know, most of my bills are online now anyway. Mine but I too. Do I have like one that I watch out for. It's my target card. It's so annoying. I do hate that day that I have to do it because for me, the pile of mail always represents adult life. It does. It just represents every, all my responsibilities, everything I have to do. It's never good news. It's so rare that I get something nice in the mail. I mean, yeah. it's just never anything good. And so I deal with that once a month, but I do let it pile up, but I'm going to okay. start sending cards to people. People need to get nice oh. mail. That would be nice. Don't you think? Actually, that's a, that's a really beautiful thought because really there's really nothing great that comes in the mail. Okay. Leaving kitchen cabinets open. What your annoying habits say about you leaving kitchen cabinets open. You've made, you're made up of equal parts, courage and fear. <laughs> You're brave enough to start any old task that pops into your overactive mind, but too afraid to finish one godforsaken project. I do like this. I do like this. You know, nobody in my house leaves the cabinets open. Yeah, we don't either. Yeah, which is good because that would drive me crazy. It what it would drive you crazy. I know. Um, you know, Glennon Doyle. Mm -hmm. She is an author and she's a podcaster. She was on Twin Cities Live several times, and she's married to Abby Wambach. And they always talk about how Glennon leaves the cabinets open. She leaves them open all the time. And Abby like doesn't understand it. And they go through this whole thing. It's very funny. They're oh, very funny great. about it. Okay. This one, uh, this is good. Leaving one bite or sip. Greedy glutton? No. Self-absorbed free spirit? No doubt. You leave a spoonful of banana pudding in the bowl and a swig of orange juice in the bottle because you're too busy with your own life to think about anyone else's. You're fun as hell to be around because you live for the moment. But when faced with the unfortunate consequences of your actions, you claim it's not my problem. When in fact, my friend, it is everybody's problem. So I will have to confess, this is sort of a joke in our house because I love seltzer water. And growing up, I only like it when it's fizzy. So I would drink like the first three, it has to be really fizzy and really cold. So I would drink the first three sips and then it was no longer interesting to me. <laughs> 
that I would walk away. So the boys, my son's major job was just drinking those behind me. So nothing would go to waste. So nothing was wasted. So all they know of what we used to call fizzy water is half flat and flat warm, and warm. warm water that they're cleaning up after their mom. So, oh my gosh, yeah. that's very funny. So Jay's best friend had a roommate for a long time and he would, so it's just, it's these epic stories. So Tim would bring home leftovers, you know, this is like before kids and he was living right. in lower town, St. Paul and he had a roommate in like a cool apartment or whatever. And we were like, this was when we were 29 or 30. And this roommate was notorious. Tim would go to a restaurant and get like a delicious sandwich. Okay. So say he goes, he gets like a Reuben, right? He eats right. half the Reuben and then he brings home the other half and he wraps it up in, and it's wrapped up and it's in the container. Okay. So Tim would put it in and he'd be like, this is so great. I'm so excited that I get to have the other half of this Reuben. And then the next day he would pull out the container and the container would be in the fridge and he'd be so hungry. And he's like, oh, this Reuben was so good. I'm so excited to have it. He'd open the container and there would be one bite of the Reuben <gasps> left in the container. Oh. And this roommate did it all the time. And Tim would like oh. send us pictures of the one bite left. And he would just be like, WTF, man. WTF, like what is happening Please here? tell me that this is just a long running joke and that that roommate wasn't that rude. The roommate was that rude. There were some other complicated Whoa. things about the roommate that maybe I won't out here, but I think um, he was young and he was very like just, but super fun to be around. <laughs> like a total joy and a fun party. Okay. I will say. My only sin was seltzer water. I never did anything like that, which always amazes me. You know, that now that you say that, I know that you've gone through this because I have in my workplace where like the person, the administrative assistant that has to sort of run the office would have to send out an email to say, stop eating other people's food. All the time. There are people like that, that are living among us and they look normal from the outside, but they clearly are not on the inside. Because if you have it in you to just go yes. into a community lunch operation and just take something that someone else has packed and eat it, it's wild to me. Like it is, there is some sort of sociopath situation yes. there yes. that is like, it must be studied. Your brain needs to be donated to science when you die. Every time that email would come out and it has come out in every place I've ever worked. Yes. So this is across the country. This is an issue. But I agree with you. I think it's sociopathic. Like <laughs> what is running through somebody's head when they open up that refrigerator and there's a lunch bag with somebody else's name on. You're like, that's mine. That's like, <laughs> That's mine. Well, they should probably check their tax returns, too, because those folks are definitely <laughs> evading paying yes, their taxes. A hundred percent. So thank you to the New Yorker. That was from Nicole Rose Whitaker. I will I will hook the little column up in the show notes, but it's very funny. But we have some of our own things that annoy us in our house that we need to get to. Okay, you first. All right. Your little right. house annoyances. Well, I think the things that annoy Jay are that I don't, I really am not good at wiping down the counters because I'm always thinking like, why should I do this? Cause I'm going to come right back and do something else. You okay. know, like I, so I'm always feeding my sourdough starter. Right. So Jay is always <laughs> like leaning into the counter and then he gets flour on his shirt and he's like, why is there flour? You know? And I'm like, 
you could wipe the counters down too. And baby, don't lay your body on the counter when you're like using your phone. I, I don't get you. But um, I, cause I'm just uh, always like thinking I have to come back to this. I have right. like 85 other tasks. So I'm going to come back to this. And, and then Jay, Jay said to me the other day, this is another one. He goes, it's so fascinating to me. This is always good when it starts that way. Right. Right. So fascinating to me how there can be 10 items sitting out on the counter or the table. And the only ones that you will put away in a place where they can't be found are mine. <laughs> Cause it bugs me so much when he leaves like his stuff out on the Island. And so right. then I just put it away in a drawer or like his drawer and it makes him crazy. crazy. And if they start out, how does he start it out? It is so, so fascinating, fascinating to me. Replacing your head annoying. Cause that's what he's saying. He's saying it's so that's annoying what to me, but that's it's what he's saying. Nice. Yeah. And then with Jay, I mean, I, I could list many things. <laughs> I'll just go with a couple. I love him, but Oh God. Um, he leaves his shoes in the middle of a floor all the time. Like he takes them off in the middle of the entryway and just leaves them there. And so right. and there's like a rug and we have a colonial house. So like, you're always walking through that entry to get from the living room to the kitchen. Right. And then I'm just like, son of a bee. And then I'm kicking these shoes and it's so irritating. And then if he ever has a late night snack, which like sometimes he'll go, to a wild game. He, he's always like at a wild game with clients or at a something or whatever. And then he's coming home and he's notorious for like getting out a plate to have one last snack before bed. Right. And then it's, he leaves the plate out and I take pictures of it and text it to him in the morning. And I'm like, unacceptable. Why should I have to clean this up that you like heated up this piece you of leftover really? pizza and you left the plate? Yeah. I like, Oh I my God. Cleaned up so that I, cause I'm the one who's up starting I breakfast. And I shouldn't have to clean up your crap before I start breakfast for the kids. I am definitely worn down after however many years I've been married. I, well, I'm approaching 40. You're nicer but, than me, this, probably. I, mean, I don't mm, I don't know about that. But um, I mean, this is one of my annoyances is I will I really do like a really clean kitchen before I go to bed, because if right. I'm going to wake up in the morning, I'd love to have a cup of coffee and not have like. I'm not going to clean the kitchen. So I'll do it every night and I do it and I'm fine with that. And this just happened two nights ago. I cleaned it early, which was a mistake. And then like two hours later, it's not just a dish. It's like, felt like cooking something, felt like making something, felt like, and it's just all a mess again. A mess. And it's like, and it's not. So like, what do you do? You don't take a picture of it and text it to him? Like, what do you say? <laughs> no, I just clean it up. No, you did always because it's not worth it. It's oh, not I worth it. Started a fight, probably. It's not worth it. It's not. Everybody's tired. It's the end of the night. It's not. You know, it's five minutes. You know, it's five minutes. It's not like it takes me twenty minutes. It's five minutes, but it is a major annoyance because I'm like, what for me? It's like, don't you see what you were lucky enough to walk into? Yeah, that's the problem. That's why it's an annoyance. It's like. If I want, I mean, what a glorious thing to walk into a clean kitchen that you I, haven't had to make clean. It happens for me once every two weeks when my housekeeper comes and it's the greatest day of, it, it's the greatest so day. So imagine that every night as you can, because you're taking pictures of one plate, but that's just an annoyance. And then the other annoyance I would have to say of my, uh, that, that, that my husband does that annoys me is he, it's so cliche but just leaves laundry, like we'll take off his clothes and they're just like right where they fell. Yeah. And I don't understand that. 
I just, I, it's like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And, and that too, I don't say anything because it's like in the you big picture. You don't say anything. No, because this is after 20 years of saying something. And yeah. if it doesn't change after 20 years, it's like, ugh, I just put it in the 10% bucket. It's yeah. in the 10% bucket because it's like, whatever. I know. I'm whatever. trying to make the 10% bucket more like a 2% because I don't have the energy for all of the 10%. It will not work as a 2% bucket. Yeah, it, it I will know. not. That is, Wait. yeah, that just leaving this, just leaving it. Just leaving anywhere. it. So I just, so he has a little walk-in closet that's just his. So literally I just take my foot and I kick it in there. I just kick it in. It's like, I don't fold it. I don't, I just kick it in. No, it's like how I kick the shoes. A little bit of a kick yeah. does help with the yeah. rageo meter. It's, it's not like you're little... hurting anybody. You're not no. hurting a thing. No, And, and you're not I... kicking it into something so that you're scratching nope. something. But nope. it's just the motion with the foot of like, I'm kicking it's... this out of my moment yep. here. Like this is ruining yep. my moment and I'm going to kick it right out of my moment. Kick it out of my moment. And then as I learned from my therapist, I am preserving my own peace. My ultimate goal in my life at this point in my life, really from the time I was 50 on, it's all about preservation of peace. What is the quickest, what is the quickest way from A to B? that's peaceful. And for me, kicking something that's on the floor into the closet is like the quickest way. It's, you said it beautifully. It's just, it's, it's get out of my moment. And, I and like so that's that. easy. So it's easy. Um, now from the other side, I am no princess to live with. I know that. Um, I know what is so annoying to Ian are unfinished projects. Oh yeah. Like I can take on, I will say, I will take this on. I will take this on. I will take this on. I mean, when I, during COVID, I decided that I was going to cope with COVID by dismantling a concrete, it was a flagstone walkway that was oh, yeah, quite you, large. I remember uh, this. You sent me pictures of this. And he said to me, do not start that unless you're going to finish that because you cannot. And so my neighbor used to laugh at me because he'd see me out there like with wheelbarrows of sand because I had to take, I was deconstructing it. So it'd be sand, gravel, everything. And I finished that one. But was funny, I noticed this morning. I took some of that stone to line all of our garden beds. And there is there are two stones that I have not yet put in. It is unfinished. And I think that's just my own little rebellion. Like there are it two might stones. Be, but I, it's also, I mean, that is that does tend to be a perfectionism tendency, the inability to finish things. Finish. Could yeah. Be. My, my mom always talks about this because my dad does this and my dad is a, is a perfectionist, right. and, which is, you know, perfectionism is really at the root. It's like you're you don't want to feel shame. Right. So it's, it's a whole shame thing. You know, it's all, it's, all a little bit. it's interesting, but it's um, funny. Cause I saw it this morning and I looked at it and it's like, he hasn't said a word about that. And there is, there is a bag of sand sitting in that corner waiting for me to level those stones and put them in. And it's been there for a year and he has not said a thing. Interesting. And I, and I know it bugs him. So I, I am going to finish that. He should just um, take a picture of it and text it to you. <laughs> And then I think for um, the other thing that really bugs him, and I've I've gotten this under control, is my necessity for the accumulation of pretty things. Yeah. We used to have a garage full of pretty pieces of furniture, <laughs> which would no longer fit in the house. So I have gotten that under control. But he was pretty patient with that. But that that was a few fights, and probably rightfully so. Yeah, that was. We've talked about that on the podcast yeah. with us, too, that it yeah. was... My, um, so I just come from a home 
where my mom was a designer. So there were always more things like she just loved pretty things and she like loved accessories and she still does. And she says now, like she comes to my house and she's like, Oh, it's so minimalist in here. And, and I do that purely because of Jay, right? which has turned out, you know, this is the thing, like for all the times that it's sort of when your partner is annoyed with something about you, they are occasionally opportunities to look and go, oh, maybe I could live a little bit better. And it was a big thing for me. I mean, when I started to realize how, how much clutter and just a few more things, how much that impacted Jay, I started to go, okay, I could change this. And then I found that I really like it better. Like he would get irritated and I get this because I would have an end table and my nature, because of how I grew up, sorry, mom, but is to have the end table filled with beautiful things. Right. So like the end table will have a lamp and then it will also have two picture frames and then it will have like some beautiful little box and then it right. will have like a little right. plant or something. And then Jay would say to me, where can I place a glass with a beverage in it on this table? <laughs> and I would say to him, I don't know, (laughs) just hold the glass. Like, I don't know. And then I started to realize like, maybe that maybe having all like a couple extra things is not allowing us to move through this home with ease. And so that was really like the big, the beginning. And then when he did crack and say like, it makes me come in here and feel stressed. Like I'm stressed every time when I see all this stuff. And then I started to realize, okay, like this isn't just him trying to be annoying or controlling or irritating. And, and I started working on it and I've really loved it. Like I am always looking for opportunities to get rid of things and like place them with homes where they need to be used. And I don't, I I've really gotten rid of a lot of the attachment to stuff, which feels so good. Like I know people who cannot get rid of their kids toys because, and their kids have very much moved on from those tiny toys. And the day that Bernie told me, mom, I think I'm done with babies. Like I'm not going to play with baby dolls anymore. And I mean, there was a little pang that I was like, oh man, this is over. And then I thought, guess what? I I texted my sister and said, does Cece, my niece, does she want some babies? We have four of them that I would love to, Bernie's done. I'd love to pass them on. And then I get pictures of Cece playing with the babies. I just don't want it here if it's not being used and appreciated. Well, it's funny. There was this big gorilla, this big stuffed gorilla that we had in the house, which was my son's when he was two. And I started, I had it out and Ian is like, just get rid of that. And I'm like, uh-huh. It's just, you know, because it's like, that was like his... Like it's a stuffed animal that he loved, or at least yeah. I, my perception. Okay, so when was, did you still have it out? Like when is he? When is Ian saying this to you? Six months ago. No. <laughs> six yes. months ago. Six months ago. Oh, my I thought 30. you were telling me like a no. ten year ago story. No. My son is thirty one, but it was like the one stuffed animal that I saved of all yeah, the stuffed okay. animals. It was like one that I saved, but it's yeah. big. It was big. Like how big? uh torso up oh <laughs> you've so, moved this big gorilla everywhere like hey don't forget the gorilla hey make sure you're careful with that gorilla, yes. the so, gorilla. Then, so then 
Ian was adamant about like the gorilla needs to go. So then I started hiding the gorilla like behind chairs just to bug him. And then he'd be like, are you kidding me? And then finally, the last resting place was the guest shower. I put him in the guest shower. And then he didn't see him for like two months. And then he's like, get rid of it. And so the last time I went up to, um, I think it was in the spring, I went up to Chicago and I had to put the gorilla. It took a whole suitcase. So I put the gorilla in the suitcase. You bring the gorilla to Chicago. I did. So I brought the gorilla to Chicago thinking that my son will be like, my gorilla. So I bring this, I bring the gorilla. I open it up and it's like, oh my gosh, really, mom? Really? So I'm like, it's yours now. I cannot give it away. You do whatever you're going to do with it. But I can't. I just can't. It's just too hard for me. And so I left the gorilla in Chicago within two days. Gar had given it to somebody that he worked with to their daughter, who's three. And now he's getting pictures. It's her favorite stuffed animal. She eats with it because it's the same size as her. Oh, my gosh. She reads with it. She sits with it. And so his his friend is sending him pictures all the time of the little girl with the gorilla. So it found its right path. Took 31 years. But if, well, 29. Took a long time. But it's hard. And that's the And point. this gorilla is just like, thank God I'm not in the freaking shower anymore. <laughs> I don't need a shower. I'm a stuffed gorilla. Why am I in here? Why is she doing this to me? It's all very <laughs> Velveteen Rabbit. <laughs> or Toy Story. That's what it feels yeah. like to yeah. me. Or like little corduroy in his yeah. sad little button. Yeah. Oh, my God. So he's alive now. The gorilla is is has found a, a little girl to love him. Listen, but that's I love that you thought it was good. like 20 years ago. <laughs> I was convinced this story. That's why I was like, I need a timestamp on this story. If you're going to share this, you need to tell me when this has happened. Yeah. Very recent. Top of mind. Very top of mind. Oh my gosh, Marjorie. What a joy. I love hanging out with you. Listen, I'd love to stay, but I got to go to the fair. I don't have time anymore. I'm out of time. I need to go find a pronto pup and a pickle dog and all the things. And then, um, and then try to recover. I'm going to have one more coffee. Make it a big one. We're going to do it. it. We're going to do it. This is we're in the home stretch. It's going to be awesome. All right. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest. We are the podcast that brings you home.